0: Leslie Ludy, host of the Set a Park Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, we're going to look at keys to true ministry, and whether you're in ministry or simply looking to impact others for the glory of God, or wanting to be an example of Christ to those in your life. I think there are a lot of misconceptions out there about what real ministry is. What does it really mean to build the kingdom of heaven in a truly impacting, biblical, Christ-centered way? Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you that we have some upcoming discipleship programs at our Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. There's a week-long intensive program at the end of August. That one is almost full. So if you're thinking about coming out for that, I would definitely recommend registering soon. We have a five-week program starting in early September, and this is a great way to just become grounded in the Word of God and draw closer to Jesus Christ than you've ever been, five weeks is a wonderful opportunity to get away from the distractions of your daily life and completely build your life around Jesus Christ. And then we have a late fall week long. If you're not able to come for five weeks, we have a late fall week long in November that you can join us for. Any of these programs will be just a powerful supercharge to your spiritual life. We'd love to meet you in person for them. Go to ellerslie.com, E-L-L-E-R-S-L-I-E.com to register or to learn more. Now let's look at keys to true ministry, and this is part one. I'm not going to be able to get through all five of the points that I want to make. I'll probably get to two or three of them today. But I wanted to just start out with a moment from my past. I remember being at a point of complete burnout. This was after about three years of being in ministry with my husband, Eric, and really not doing anything you would think would be so exhausting. We had written some books. We were traveling. We were speaking in churches, and it was really an opportunity to encourage the body of Christ, especially young people, to give their lives completely to Jesus Christ. And I had really had high hopes and ideals and dreams and expectations when I started in this ministry that it would just be uh an exciting experience and we'd be able to connect with Christians all around the world and go to all these different churches and just be with like-minded people. And really we were not prepared for how difficult it would be. We weren't prepared for this spiritual attack. In fact, I can honestly say that we did not understand that stepping into ministry means stepping into a battle. And I think so many of us miss that in our desire to participate in building the kingdom of heaven, our desire to win souls for Christ, our desire to mentor and disciple others, we don't realize that once we make that decision to say yes to God's call to shine his light in the midst of a perverse generation, we are stepping into a battle. And I found in my own life and in just observing other Christians over the past 20 plus years of ministry is that most of us usually fall into one of two categories. Either we get to a place where we don't really feel like we have a clear purpose, and we wish we could make some kind of difference, but we really don't know what to do or where to start. And then there are others of us who are trying to make an impact, trying to win others to Christ, but we're trying to do it on our own terms or in our own strength. And both of those attitudes will quickly lead to discouragement and burnout. I remember an experience where we were invited to speak at a large Christian festival And we had been there 10 years earlier, but the event host actually didn't remember we had been speakers there 10 years before. So he got a hold of one of our videos and said, Oh, I need to have these guys in to speak. So he got in touch with us. And once we started talking to him, we said, Yeah, we spoke there 10 years ago. And he couldn't believe it. He said, I do remember you now. I just, I'm so surprised because. None of the speakers I've ever hosted have still been in ministry 10 years later. And he'd been doing the festival for multiple decades, I think. And he was just blown away that we were still in ministry, still sharing truth, still speaking the same message 10 years later, he said that's very, very unusual in the Christian world today. But it really shouldn't be that way. We weren't designed to have a few years of passionate impact for the glory of God and then burn out and fizzle after a few years. We were meant to go the distance. We were meant to shine God's light in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation for a lifetime, as long as God gives us on this earth. And I, I love the stories in Christian history of people like Corey ten Boom and George Mueller, those who did not want to just sort of subside into silence as they got into their older years. In fact, both of them basically died in their old age still preaching the gospel. And Corey Ten Boom has a specific story where she says, I'm not going to hang up my harness when there is so much ministry work to be done. And I love that. I think that's an incredible attitude. When she made that statement, she was well into her 80s. So I think we can learn a lot from that example of going the distance. So as I've really come to God and and really ask Him to show me what are the keys to ministry that lasts, what are the keys to not burning out, to going the distance in shining His light to this world. And again, you don't have to be in formal ministry for this to apply to you. All of us as Christians are called to be a witness for Jesus Christ. But how do we do this in a truly God-honoring way and in a way that helps us go the distance and not just become burned out or discouraged or give up after a few months or a few years? The first principle, and probably the most important that God has impressed upon me in the past several years of ministry, is that I need to gain His burden for the souls around me. If I look at people in my life and I just try to muster up some kind of compassion for them, it, it is going to fade and fizzle when things get difficult. difficult. But if I let God place his burden within my heart, it's something that can be lasting and real, and it's motivation far beyond just human compassion. I'll never forget hearing the story of C.T. Studd's father. C.T. Studd was one of the greatest missionaries this world has ever known, and his father's conversion is really interesting. His father was a very wealthy British person and really well-known, and his life was, was built around attending parties and playing cards and going to the theater and gambling and just living for pleasure. And he went to hear D.L. Moody speak, and he was so impacted that he wanted to give his life to Christ. And he met privately with Moody, and he said, do I have to give up playing cards and going to the theater and doing all these things that I I turn to for entertainment because that's what I'm used to doing with my time? And D.L. Moody said, well, it's not necessarily that those things are wrong, but once you radically give your life to Jesus Christ, the passion of your heart will be for souls. That's what is going to motivate you to get up out of bed in the morning. You're no longer going to be concerned with these trivial forms of entertainment. That's not what you're going to be living for anymore. The entire direction of your life is going to change when you truly give your life to Jesus Christ. It's not something you have to muster up like, okay, I have to force myself to say no to all these shallow things and say yes to winning souls. It's something God will do in your heart. And that's exactly what happened. And that passed down to C.T. Studd, who then went on to become an an amazing missionary. I really believe that we cannot be effective in reaching the world with the message of Christ unless we ask God to give us His burden for lost souls, implant His burden for souls within our heart. And it must be a supernatural work within us. It can't just be human compassion or pity for those around us. It needs to be a work of grace within our soul. If any of you have ever seen the short film Depraved Indifference, you can watch it at ellerslie.com. It's a video that my husband Eric made about his desire not to let his burden for reaching the weak and helping those who were in need grow cold and to guard against that indifference towards the needs of others around us. It can happen so easily. And the only way to maintain protection over that kind of indifference is to ask daily for God to impart his burden for souls and to begin to pray the prayer that says, Lord, open my eyes to see what you see at this year's Set Apart Conference, I talked a lot about the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation. It's the the church that's known as being lukewarm and where God says, I will spew you out of my mouth. And we often stop there and think, well, that church is hopeless. But actually what follows the rebuke is an invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And Jesus gives several pieces of advice to this lukewarm church of how to go from spiritually lukewarm to spiritually hot and passionate. And one of the things that he says is to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And how often do we pray the prayer, Lord, change my eyesight, give me eyes to see what you see. And once we pray that prayer, it's amazing. Suddenly, we begin to see what he sees. We see the burdens that are on his heart a lot more clearly. For example, approximately 150,000 people die every day without knowing Jesus Christ. And when our eyes open to that reality, the question that needs to burn in our hearts is one that says, "'Lord, what am I willing to do to see those souls rescued?' It really comes down to asking ourselves, what is our greatest ambition in life? What are we living for? What is the direction, the aim, the focus of our life?' When William Booth, who's very well known for starting the Salvation Army, an incredible evangelist, a very uh, worldwide global impact for the kingdom of heaven, when he went to visit King Edward VII, he summed up his life's work in writing in the guest book when he visited the king. And this is what he wrote, your majesty, some men's ambition is art, some men's ambition is fame, some men's ambition is gold, my ambition is the souls of men and that is the life that william booth lived he was not after popularity or fame or gold or to be seen you know as intelligent and talented his ambition was to reach the souls of men His wife, Catherine Booth, also made a really powerful statement about reaching lost souls. She said, if your neighbors were sick of some devastating plague and you could go and help them, would you not do it? Would you say, I am a woman, I cannot go? Or maybe you could interject, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I'm too preoccupied with this. We always have our excuses. And she wrote, you would say, let me go, like Miss Nightingale did to the sick and wounded soldiers, let me go. And these are not the bodies, but the souls. They are dying. They are going to an eternal death. Will you not rise up? Both of those statements are so challenging to my soul. What is my ambition in life? And will I go after souls as if I had the cure for a devastating plague? Because really spiritually speaking, that is what we as Christians have. And Hudson Taylor, the great missionary, the father of of modern missions is what he's often known for, said these words, Perhaps if there were more of that intense distress for souls that leads to tears, we should more frequently see the results we desire. Sometimes it may be that while we are complaining of the hardness of the hearts of those we are seeking to benefit, the hardness of our own hearts and our feeble apprehension of the solemn reality of, of eternal things may be the true cause of our lack of success." Those words are really, really challenging for me to read, and I don't think we need to read or hear statements like that with a tone of condemnation, like, look at how terrible you are that you're not more burdened for the souls around you. It's something that we need to ask God for, not something that we bemoan because we don't have. We say, Lord, my heart is not soft towards the lost souls around me. I need your burden. It's very common to go through seasons where you're passionate about shining the light of Christ and other seasons where you start to feel that burden, that passion. But instead of accepting that, the Bible says we are never to lose our zeal. We are to keep our spiritual fervor. And so the way to do that is to ask God for His burden, not to let our hearts become indifferent, and to pray for that burden for lost souls until it becomes our reality. Winning souls for Christ, shining his light to a lost and dying world needs to become our primary focus and aim and calling in this life. As Jesus said in Matthew 29, 18, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations.'" The only way to begin to carry God's burden for lost souls is to live in an attitude of complete consecration to Jesus Christ. And that's an attitude that says, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. It's an attitude of surrender, of counting the cost, of understanding that we shouldn't be clinging to our rights, but constantly laying them down for the glory of God. And this is the attitude that the missionary Betty Scott Stam had when she wrote these words in her journal at the age of 18. Lord, I give up all my own plans and purposes, all my own desires and hopes, and accept Thy will for my life. I give myself, my life, my all utterly to Thee to be Thine forever. Fill me and seal me with Thy Holy Spirit. Use me as Thou wilt. Send me where Thou wilt. Work out Thy whole will in my life at any cost. Those words deeply inspired Elizabeth Elliot, who had met Betty Scott Stamm and she copied those words into her own journal later in life, and that became instrumental in her future ministry work. Betty Scott Stam wrote those words at the age of 18, and only a few years later, she was married with a child new missionaries on the field in China, and both she and her husband lost their lives as martyrs. So she really did count the cost. She knew what she was stepping into, and she said, Lord, it would be a privilege to give my life for your glory. And her death and her husband's death inspired Christian missionaries to boldly go and proclaim the gospel around the world. So their death was definitely not in vain. We need to realize that if we're holding anything back, if we're clinging to our own rights and our own expectations, we will not be able to carry the burden of God for the souls around us. Now, what about if the concept of winning souls just feels overwhelming? It's important to remember that we don't have to go across the world to win souls or to lead others to Jesus. We can ask God to show us who we can impact right now starting today. And I know that I've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's such an important reminder even for me. I I can tend to think, well, unless I'm out there doing something really big and significant, it's not really building the kingdom of heaven. But sometimes God wants us to turn our attention to those who are right in our own homes or right in our own neighborhoods or communities. Catherine Booth said this, there is one soul that you have more influence with than any other person on earth some soul or souls are you doing all you can for their salvation your relatives friends acquaintances are to be rescued from the depths of sin degradation and woe let them see the tears in your eyes or if you cannot weep let them hear the tears in your voice and let them realize that you feel their danger and are in distress for them god will give his holy spirit and they will be saved what a powerful reminder and again if if we can't weep at least show them by the way that we speak to them the way we pursue them with the light of Christ that we are deeply concerned for their soul and we really want the very best for them we love them too much to stay silent and again sometimes those people are right outside our front door i may have told you the story in another episode about frank jenner he was a simple australian shopkeeper and he lived or he had a store on george street in sydney australia and it, he made the decision after he gave his life to Christ to witness to at least it was a handful of people. He I think it was close to ten that he wanted to reach every day, with just planting the seed of the gospel in their hearts. So he would stop people as they were walking by their the storefront and say, "I just want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, where would you go? You can know Jesus personally." And he would just plant these seeds and give them a track and then send them on their way. And these people began to go all around the world and give their lives to Christ because of this man, Frank Jenner, and how he had asked them this very compelling question on George Street in Sydney, Australia. And it wasn't until a pastor who traveled all over the world and started to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of these amazing ministry leaders and missionaries and strong Christians who were converted by Frank Jenner's example that he finally tracked down this man and It was estimated that Frank Jenner had witnessed to 100,000 people in his lifetime simply by talking with the people that were right outside his front door. And then those people went on oftentimes to give their lives to Christ and to then share the gospel all over the world. So what an incredible amount of fruit from one man's life, just taking the opportunities that were right in front of him. And he didn't even know about the success of his ministry until right before he died. But We can be sure that he received a very exciting welcome into heaven. And God said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. So that is really the starting point, is adopting God's burden for the souls around us. And if if our hearts are hard, if our hearts are not passionate towards winning souls and seeing them rescued, to ask God for that burden. And the only way we can carry that burden is to live in an attitude of surrender, one that says, Lord, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price at whatever cost. I want to live this way for your glory. I want to impact others for your glory. I want to shine your light in this lost and dying world. And when we start with that desire, with that heart attitude, God will begin to work deeply within our soul and show us opportunities that are sitting right in front of us. Our answer needs to be a predecided yes. Yes, Lord, I will speak to that person. I will pray for that person. I will live out your truth in front of that person, even though it's difficult. And yes, we are stepping into a battlefield when we step into any kind of ministry or witnessing but we need to remember that we don't have to have special qualifications we don't have to be impressive by the world standards we need to have a surrendered and willing heart a complete dependency upon Jesus Christ and secondly we should never look to our own resources our own strength our own human determination or willpower to really operate in ministry because that's not true ministry true ministry is leaning completely and wholly on the spirit of god letting him work through us getting out of the way so that others would see us getting out of the way so that others would see him through our lives. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. In our next episode, we'll go even deeper into what real ministry, what true ministry really looks like from a biblical perspective. Meanwhile, if you'd like to take these truths deeper, I encourage you to visit our website at setapartgirl.com where you'll find loads of articles and resources about building Christ into every aspect of your daily life. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.